Shalom, Meshpocha. This is Sid Roth. Mishpocha is a Hebrew word. It means family. And we're the Mishpocha, the family with the Jewish heart. Welcome to today's edition of Messianic Vision and another appointment for you to be mentored to fulfill your destiny with a very supernatural guest. And now, here's your host for this program. It's supernatural television producer, Jackie Duval. Thank you, Sid. Today on Messianic Vision, our guest is Laurie Ditto. Laurie Ditto has been a guest previously on our show and is the founder of My Father's Reputation. Welcome, Laurie. Hi, thanks, Jackie. I'm glad to be here. Glad you're here. Well, Laurie, you have had many visits to heaven, and in each of these visits to heaven, Jesus taught you things like the power of the blood, using our authority, um, praying with the fear of the Lord, and many other things. But before we get to that, you've also had encounters with angels. So tell our listeners about the time the angels protected you from being attacked by that group of men. Oh, my goodness. So I, I am an evangelist, Jackie, and I go, um, you know, I, I don't necessarily think about where I'm going. I really don't pay attention, and that's what happened. I was downtown uh, Kansas City leading a group, and I didn't, have a, I didn't have a teammate, which is, you know, we don't normally do that, but I didn't have a teammate, and I had, I had went into a part of a neighborhood alone that I know is, is um, you know, it can be a dangerous neighborhood alone, and it started to prove that way. There was a, a man there, and as I walked up on him, I could feel the atmosphere change, and it was, you know, it was an unsafe neighborhood. And the man asked me what I was doing in in his neighborhood. What what are you doing in his territory? Kind of question. And you know, I mean, you think one thing, but you say another thing. And what I said to him was, "I came here for you." I mean, I said it so bold. I I, I kind of surprised myself. I came here for you to tell you about Jesus Christ. It was sort of like that. And he did not look like he wanted to know about Jesus at all. And people, other men started uh, joining. I don't know where they came from, but they started joining. And I figured, you know, okay, you know, here it is. It's just time to tell everybody about Jesus. You know, I'm just going to take them all, take them all for <laughs> Jesus is, is the attitude. And, um, you know, I, I, I try and live my life that it's always a good day to give your life for the gospel. And that rarely happens that, that I think that, but I've, I've convinced myself that today is a great day to give my life for the gospel. And so even though I was starting to feel apprehensive, maybe even feeling a little, um, a little fearful, you know, uh, I, I, I'm telling everyone I'm, I'm, I'm here to talk about Jesus. And, and one of the men asked me, uh, how how many of those men in white behind you are with you? I could hear the Holy Spirit telling me that he was close, and so that had given me a peace and an authority that, you know, everything is going to work out. Even though I couldn't see a way out, uh, everything was going to work out. And um, how many of those men in white are with you? And I didn't turn around. I just said, all of them. <laughs> and they just looked at me like, what are you doing here? And so the Holy Spirit told me to turn around and to just start walking. And I walked towards 
a voice towards the voice of the Holy Spirit. I never saw the men in white, but I was so glad that the Holy Spirit showed the people I was with the men in white because he's always there to help us and protect us. And and I don't know what the Holy Spirit did with that confrontation, that, that the way that he spoke to that man with so much confidence, I came here for you. I came here, you know, to tell you about Jesus Christ. And um, I really believe that everybody, God really wants everybody in heaven. He will bring you a witness, somebody to talk to about the Lord. On that day, uh, maybe it was just a seed that I was planting that the Lord would water at some other time. Or maybe those men had seen those, angels in white before but um i felt that there were six of them that were there and uh, the holy spirit would have been seven uh and i just i walked right out of that encounter with the men that were questionable and it wasn't until i got back into what was the safety zone and and saw other people in my uh evangelism outfit that were out there for the outreach it wasn't until then that my knees started shaking and I was thinking you know what did you just do but in that minute when uh fear wants to grip your heart you know fear is a is a is a unique thing in that um the thing that combats fear is trust and God does a great job of making sure that we know how to trust him so that it can stop fear. It's not that fear's not there. It's that there's more trust than there is fear. And just in my everyday uh, in- encounters, I remember the scripture where Jesus said that he he sets a banqueting table before his enemies. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that those men were my enemies, but Jesus is not afraid to go and, and share the truth with anybody. And so I think, well, Holy Spirit lives in me. And so he'll take care of me and direct me and make sure that I'm not in the wrong place at the wrong time. And, and if for some reason that does, I think I'm in the wrong place at the wrong time, he always makes sure that I'm safe. It, it, and, and I think it happens more than what we realize, Jackie. I think mm-hmm. it happens for all of us. I don't think I'm special. Uh, I think maybe just responsible. And I'm responsible for what it is that God has shown me. But I'm sure that these angels are showing up, helping all of us every day. Amen. Yeah. And um, and your first in your book that you wrote in the first visitation to heaven that you talk about, I think there's something that you talk about that so many are going through. You were you were burdened under so many circumstances. Um, and, and in this world right now, I know um, not just in our nation, but in other nations, there are so many who are feeling um, burdened, and you almost missed out on this visitation. Can you tell us about that visitation? Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yes. So so what had happened was when I arrived in heaven, I could feel um, something really hurting my neck, my back, my shoulders. I was just hurting everywhere. And I knew that I was placed on my, um, I was on my hands and knees. It was just really bad. I had these massive headaches, you know, and I was just overwhelmed. 
all I could concentrate about was how much pain I was in. And all of a sudden, I could hear Jesus ask this question, where is she? And I knew that the Lord was talking about me, but because of all these circumstances, the pain and whatever else had put me in that place, I I couldn't respond to Jesus. I was just so focused on like holding my ground, not losing any more ground. And um, all of a sudden, my angel uh, came. The Lord had said, you know, to stand me up. He had asked, where is she? My angel answered, you know, she's over here underneath these circumstances. And the Lord had said, you know, stand her up. And my angel's trying to get me to stand up, but it was just too hard. So the angel just really helped me. The angel was just there. And when an angel's strength comes up alongside of your strength, you know, in that second, you're like superhuman. And standing up, you know, it was because of the angel, I stood up. And once once you're not underneath circumstances, um, everything seems brighter and lighter and like, oh, yeah, I can do this. And when I stood up and I looked up, you know, I knew which direction to look for Jesus. And, and he was up on top of this really super high mountain. But even though I knew the mountain was really tall, really big mountain, um, I could see him. Imagine, imagine landing in Denver and if you could see uh, if you could see the mountain over in Boulder or or Pikes Peak imagine being able to see Jesus at the top of it and that's what it was like he made sure that we can see him and and once you see Jesus everything changes everything becomes uh doable and you know that if his eyes are on you then there isn't anything that you and Jesus can't do together so I knew that this was a bridal walk, which is going to sound like what? But because he was, he was at the top of the mountain and it was my job to come to him in the same way that a bride walks from the back of the church to the front of the church to come to, come to Jesus. And, and uh, I, I knew the angel was there helping me, but I knew that this was, I was on a bridal march. Um, I'm going to call it a march instead of just a walk because of the places that I ended up going. And when I first saw Jesus, Jackie, I just wanted to go straight up. Just let me just get to Jesus. But I had that angel there. And angels, I'm so glad that uh, my angel my angel really wants me to fulfill the plan and purpose that God has for me. It's like my angel knows, Jesus knows what they want, what, what God created me for. And so I, I started to walk and the angel wanted me to know that I should go a different way. There was like the shortest way, or you could go the, the longer way, which at first didn't make any sense to me. Because if Jesus was up there and he wants me to come to him, then I should just go take the shortest route. But the angel was really helping me know that 
well, you want your bridal, you only get one chance to do this bridal march. And so go the way that the angel is directing me to go. And I remember looking at my dress thinking, well, first my dress, when I looked at it, so I was in a, I was in a white dress. I knew it was a bridal dress, but it wasn't beautiful. Like I would hope my <laughs> wedding dress, um, my bridal wedding dress would look like it had that. Uh, it had dirt and, and stains on it. I think from, you know, I had been underneath all those circumstances and it was kind of plain, but the angel directed me to go on this different path. It was the, it was the long way, which when my daughter got married, you know, I sent her the path that she was walking on where she got married. She walked down several levels with her dad. And it made my husband very happy. It made my daughter very happy. You know, her bridal walk was lengthy. And I thought, well, okay, I get this lengthy walk, but it was more than that. So let me try and just explain what the long way was for. You see, on my bridal walk with this authority that God has given me, I can ask him for things while I'm on this walk, and he's watching me. I can ask him for things, and because I am his bride, of course, he's going to give me the things that I would ask him for. And as I walked down into this area, I noticed that the people there were not yet wearing their bride clothes. They, weren't, they didn't know Jesus, and they didn't know that they could be on a bridal march. And that really hurts to know that people don't know Jesus yet. And so as I went down in that way, I could, I could ask for things for other people, ask for healings or people had needs. Um, one place that I walked, people needed water, a well, they needed water. And I would pray in the name of Jesus. And it was very exciting to know that, because I am his bride, and while he's waiting for me to come, anything that I need, anything that would bless um, the bless the king, he'll give me that. And and I have such a heart to see the lost people know him. That I would stop and 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 deal with the people and and encourage them love them, try and get them to know the king that I know. And Jesus would give such great gifts to the people. And it, it made me very happy. It's like, but I, I it's like, where, where you didn't get anything. Oh, I did. I did. I watched the benevolence of this king. And because I was asking him to reveal himself to others, I mean, it, it was, I was getting what it was that I wanted also. And as I walked, Every time I would ask God for something, my, the angel and I would walk a little farther, and I would look down at my dress, and it be, it would become it was becoming so beautiful, Jackie. I mean, the stains were were, were gone. Not that I did anything. Um, I didn't go get a scrub brush or soap or anything to get the stain out, but it was because of my love for Jesus and my love for the people. 
it was like that combination was cleaning up this dress. And then, you know, uh, when God would grant the people the things that I had asked for, feelings or knowledge of him or, or water, you know, he desires to give all these good things to people, but they just don't know to ask him. They don't know him yet. And um, after I would give these things, after, you know, you pray these prayers and you leave that little area to go to the next area, um, I would look at my dress and there would be these beautiful appliques and like um, pearly, sparkly uh, rhinestones and things had been added to the dress. And, and I just knew that those things were there they were added to the dress because God had given, answered my prayer for other people, but then he had given these beautiful things for on my dress. So as I kept walking, it didn't bother me anymore that I was taking the long way. I knew he's with me and he's watching me and it was bringing the Lord such pleasure for me to be you know, taking a, a dip and it was difficult and it was hot and it was sticky and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't always just a bed of roses as we went. I mean, it was, you had to, you had to get some stamina and you had to kind of like stay focused. But I really believe what he showed me through that was that there is such a thing as like this bridal authority. We are the bride of Christ. And that's today. I'm his bride today. And so are believers. And whatever it is that we're going to ask from, from Jesus and ask for other people, you know, he will give that if, if when we ask him, we believe him. When, when, when we ask, do we believe that he's good, that he desires to do good things for us and for the people who are asking and we should know that, right? It should be like, yeah, I know that. But sometimes I think we forget that all good things come from Jesus and he's working overtime more than anything we can imagine to put his goodness on the earth. And my angel, I was so glad that um, my angel was going with me. My angel was, was directing me and would encourage me. Because sometimes you go into a place where it all seems kind of dark and kind of dingy. And, you know, I recall I didn't want to go into places that I didn't want the hem of my dress, you know, going into places where there would be real yuck. I didn't want it to get stained and that kind of thing. But my angel would encourage me, you know, oh, remember, remember the king, right? Yeah. And so that gave me strength. To know, go that way. Go down, in, and around and find somebody and tell them the truth about Jesus or, or with the power of his name, let him touch them or heal them. And that would mean that that place would never be that dark again. It, would, it could never be as dark as when I came upon it because through the power of the Holy Spirit, you know, he was going to do great things there. It was just going to take somebody to maybe be brave enough is a good word, but somebody 
who believed God that it's all going to be okay and to go that way. So um, <laughs> I guess something that I've learned from that is it's Jesus owns time. It's really okay if on our bridal march we take our time and go the long way and give give his good gifts to people along that way and let's just see what Jesus will do. And and I've I've thought about it since then, you know, when I when I've had a chance to, to just sit up sit back and think about today is again um my my bridal march and I get to I get to today walk towards Jesus knowing that his eyes are on me, knowing that that um the Holy Spirit's directing things and and putting my life in a in a pattern in a place that I'll meet certain people for the glory of Jesus. And someday my walk will be over. And I'm gonna be so glad, Jackie, that I took the long way. Now I guess if if um if I could recommend to other people, I would recommend people take the long way. Because along that way, I mean it really does uh, fill your heart with such love and gratitude um, of the goodness of God, not just in my own life, but in so many other people's lives. And it's it's really showed me the power of prayer in asking God with this bridal authority, asking God for things that other people would need. And um, the only way that some people can get, get these things, the ones who don't know Jesus, they don't know to ask him. And because I do, it's great that not only do I get to ask for something for them, but then they meet him. And then it's sort of like multiplied, right? And uh, that's Jesus' desire that, that not one would perish, that all of the people can be with him where, where he is. And uh, I, I'm very grateful for my angel that, uh, that, I believe that that angel is going to help me fulfill so many more things than what I could do on my own because um, that angel has a lot more authority and a lot more um, uh, knowledge of the situation than, than I have. So hopefully, hopefully that's not, uh, I get to play out what I saw in that vision. I want to play that out in my in my life every day until I get to go and be with Jesus for eternity. Amen. That's so good. And and you wrote a book called Encountering Heaven and you go into detail of 15 different heaven encounters and what God taught you through them. Tell our listeners a little bit about this book and how it will minister to them. Oh, thank you, Jackie. I had so much fun writing this book. And it was like, where do you stop? You know, people have asked me, why did you put 15 in there? And, you know, there was some thought process. Do I just put in, do I just put in five? Do I put in, you know, seven? And I thought, well, the Lord will let me talk about, I have freedom to talk about 17 visions. And, you know, there were two heaven visions in uh, my previous book, um, 
the hell conspiracy. And there are 15 in this one. And the reason why I put 15 Jesse was because I thought, what if the truth about heaven that you need is in vision nine or in vision 15? What if that truth that you need is in there? And um, I, I, as I said, I am an evangelist. So I want everybody to know about the goodness of our God. So I decided, well, if I have freedom to talk about 15, let me put all 15 in there. And um, that way there, if there's anything good that will help someone meet Jesus, then I I want, I, freely it was given to me, right? Freely I want to share whatever whatever good things might might help somebody know about our great King. And it's going to be coming out. And I'm just so excited that uh, heaven is going is going to be maybe uh, I want to say this that, that there's no the words that I've used as descriptive as I could come up with uh, cannot begin to share to shine the beauty of heaven in the way that it really is. So everything that I presented and people. Um, my test audience that read the book, they they were so excited about, oh my gosh, you said this, and oh my goodness, this sounds so beautiful. And it was like, you know, I, I, I go back and I read it and I think, hmm, I know these words are really good, but it's even better, Jackie, than anything that I wrote. So I, I really think people will enjoy reading Encountering Heaven. And and I think that because Jesus is not a respecter of persons, people who ask, if they ask Jesus, you know, I want to see that. Just show something. In fact, you know, before I go to bed at night, I, I ask God, come and get me. I, I want to be with you. I miss him. I just want to be with you. And many times he does. I train children. Go, go ask God. Can I... Can I be with you? Take me with you. And and children have told me how they went to heaven and he showed them what Noah's Ark looked like and he let them pet the animals and he took them through he took them through the galaxy or he has a tea party with them or he plays softball. You know, Jesus loves us. And if we knew how much he loves us, we could walk so confidently through this lifetime to, until we could get to the time when we spend eternity with him. So my hope is that uh, that people are interested in heaven and that they would, they would give my book a chance and see what kind of new thing maybe that I put in there that they didn't know yet about Jesus. And for me, anytime I learn one new thing about Jesus or one new thing about the Holy Spirit, oh my goodness, my day becomes so excited. I'm so excited because if every day I learn one more thing about Jesus, one more way to connect to him, I become way more secure in that. And that's really a treasure to me, all these, uh, these when you know that you know something. and. And that's my hope. I also, one more thing, when, when, when I wrote the book, I have lost family members. I'm sure everyone has lost family members. But I really had them in mind. 
I always have the lost people um, in my heart. And I have my lost family members in my heart. So I wrote it in hoping that people that don't yet know Jesus could find them. And, and that's for all of us, all of us, all of our families. I think it would be a good book to share with people who who claim to be atheists or agnostics or Buddhists or Hindus or or Jehovah's Witnesses, anybody that doesn't know Jesus, the Jesus of the Bible. We want we want to share him so that all people can can be safe eternally. Thank you, Jackie. That's so powerful, yeah. And I I was very blessed by reading that book, and I know everyone else will be too. And um, I also like this other heavenly encounter that you talked about in your book about how to approach the throne with the fear of the Lord. Can you tell us about that encounter? Oh, wow. Yeah, the fear of the Lord, you know, is such a gift to us. And if you have the fear of the Lord, then it allows you to see things more clearly. So what you're talking about is I got to go. I was in a courtroom. Um, I was snuggled up beside God, the Father, in this bench. And he was giving me a view of the fear of the Lord from a different perspective. And I think many times what, what I'm going to explain to you, I was on the other side. But I, so that I could see it clearly, he let me sit with him on his bench so that I can explain what it, what it was that I saw for the fear of the Lord. The bench was so comfortable. It was, was like ancient, right? And there was a staircase. Um, you could see out like a courtroom, but there was this staircase of, of people and you could see down the staircase and where the people were gathered and if you wanted something you had to come up the staircase and talk to the Lord but there were so many people they knew they needed something from God but they stayed down at the bottom they wouldn't even attempt to climb up the stairs they thought that that was just way too much work it's like wow you really need his help why don't you come up the stairs but then there were there was a, there were these guys. They decided that they were going to come up the stairs, and they came up the stairs. But they did not have the fear of the Lord that was clean or that was um, pure. They had different. Their, their heart had a whole different purpose for what they were going to ask for, and so they came up and they. They weren't just talking to God. They were demanding. They didn't come in. They didn't come in thanking him. They didn't come in. They didn't come in um, appreciating everything that he's already done. They just walked up in there, and they couldn't see him. There was so so around this around this um, throne was the fear of the Lord that was and, and it, it, the only word that I have that can explain is like a fog. But if you had the fear of the Lord, then you could see through this fog. It wasn't like we think fog, but that's the only word I have. And you could see through if you had the fear of the Lord, but these men did not have the fear of the Lord, so they could not see on their side. But from where God was, he could see them. 
And they came in so prideful, demanding. They came in declaring and demanding and, you know, stamping their foot and acting as if they were even God. Um, because they said it. It was very presumptuous, I guess is a good word. They they would just stand there and, and then they'd shake their fist as if that would do anything. And I watched these men, the floor that they were standing on um, told things about them too. And that's very, uh, the floors in heaven are not like the floors that, that we've, we've never seen floors like they have in heaven. So these floors, when you stand on them, they light up or they, go, they, they, they light up with darkness or they light up with light. And even the ground that you stand on knows the condition of your heart. And it was like, you guys should just look down. You, can, you could see for yourself the condition of your heart because, you know, we don't even know our own heart. It takes Jesus. But because they did not have the fear of the Lord, they couldn't themselves bring their request to God. And I was mad at these guys. It's like, don't you know who you're talking to? This is our father. This is the king. This is the good guy. This is the one that, you know, you act like you act like he's responsible for what the devil's been doing. And the devil's doing what he's doing because you don't bring Jesus into the situation. So I was mad at these guys. And I wanted God, <laughs> I wanted him to make them stop. I thought they should stop. And I, you know, the only thing I can think, there's a scripture, Jackie, where it says that uh, Jesus' disciples, they, they didn't like somebody. They wanted to call down fire from heaven on them. And Jesus said to him, you don't know what spirit you're of. And I really feel that that's what God was saying to me while I was sitting next to him because I just wanted him to make these loud mouths guys who didn't talk with love they there was no appreciation in them they just they just didn't love god they couldn't see him i just wanted to make him stop and and he corrected me and and as he corrected me i could feel i could feel his heart for this it was like why do you let him talk to you like that why don't you just make him go away and he, he said he so wants us near him. He would take them however they would come. And there was still time for them that they could, they could come up and maybe they would realize that they didn't see him, that you came to heaven and you didn't see the Father. You, you, you opened up your prayer life and you didn't, you didn't touch the Father. All you did was rant. All you did was, give him these big requests as if he's just the sugar daddy or something to go to. You didn't even see him. You didn't see his heart. You didn't, you didn't let his heart envelop you, you know, and he corrected me while I was sitting there. But I also felt that how many times have I been the person down at the bottom of the stairs that wouldn't even come up? Or how many times have I been the person that would come up and shake my angry fist at God or, or declare and demand in presumption as if he's going to do what I pridefully am saying. But I know the fear of the Lord, if you have it, it's clean and it helps us and it will let us see him 
And that is my desire is to be like the saints who help somebody up the stairs. There are saints that will help other people up the stairs and stand there with them and show them the way. And because of their fear of the Lord, someone else can just get a glimpse of it. But, you know, those kind of people, aren't they picked on? I mean, you see somebody who's trying to live a holy life. Right. And they just get picked on, right? Because it's like, oh, you're just religious. No, those people value the fear of the Lord, and they're not a goody two-shoes. These are people who, who love righteousness. When I came back from that encounter, I want to be like the righteous saints. Um, I don't know that I would ever get to sit on that bench again. I'm positive, Jackie, that I was there to understand to see it from God's point of view. And when he corrected me and and snuggled me, it wasn't a correction like, get away from me. It was like, no, you just don't understand. You just don't understand. These ones are so precious to God. Each person so precious to God and his plans and purposes for them. And maybe if we would just come close enough, just quieten down and just be still and know that he is God, that our hearts could open up a little bit and, and, and gather the treasures. And the fear of the Lord is one of the greatest treasures of heaven. Um, we need that on the earth. And so, you know, it's become a prayer of mine. God, give me the fear of the Lord. It's, it's, it's clean and it's pure and it's helpful. And it will deliver us out of things and it will deliver us into being able to see him clearly and know his will. So, you know, that fear of the Lord is something I really want that, Jackie. I want that in my life. And I know Jesus wants it for us, for all of us. Yeah, yeah, such a powerful truth for today. And there was another visitation you had that had another powerful truth. Um, and this is a visitation you had when coronavirus first started. And there's just so many um, people that are living in fear and they don't understand the power of the blood of Jesus. So can you uh, explain that heavenly encounter? Thank you. Yeah. So, so I remember when that, when that vision um, opened up, I was bowing down, looking at like a fiery floor and I was backing out of a room and something had just happened. I knew whatever had just happened was really good. Um, and I was backing out of this beautiful room, and, and I could see out of the corners of my eyes, I could see um, an angel. My angel was there with me. As I backed out, I understood I was in the throne room, and that was the king, and he had just... Uh, commissioned me to go and do something. And everything in me wanted to do this. And as we backed out these, uh, the doors there are really unique. Everything there, everything there is really unique. I backed out of this and I was in this corridor and um, I began running. I was so excited that God had chosen me. He, He had a task for me. And, you know, every time we're used by God, it should become addictive. I want God to use me every day. And whatever it was that that God had given me to do, I 
was excited to do it. I couldn't wait to get it done. And so I was in this long corridor and I started running and this angel would chase me. And I know this is going to sound kind of, kind of silly, but the angel would chase me and I would squeal like a two-year-old, you know, when, when you watch little ones, they're, they want you to chase them and they just laugh. And this angel was playing like this childlike game with me. The angel would get close enough. Um, and what would happen in this corridor is I would, I would run out of my own energy. I would spend everything I have and run out of my energy. And this angel would catch up to me. And as he did, I'd get filled with this supernatural uh, energy, this supernatural ability. I really think that we don't get that because we didn't spend what we had first and squeal. Oh my goodness. I would run down these corners. It was long and it was like a maze and, and I wasn't worried what maybe I would get lost or anything like that. It was, I'm going to do what God gave me to do. And I didn't realize at the time that I was in training and you can't get, I couldn't get the next uh, boost of, uh, God strength that the angel was carrying on my behalf. I couldn't get that until I had spent everything that had just been given to me. So the new levels I couldn't get until I had spent what I what I what I just had. And the angel did it, made it so much fun. He just chased me and chased me, and and, and he could have overtaken me at any time, Jackie, but he just let me run. <laughs> And I was just like a kid, just like when I was little and would run outside on the playground. I mean, it was just so much fun. And um, I, I would run up on these doors. It was like I couldn't go into the next level. And I would, I would race as fast as I could to get to those doors so that I knew. And now I was learning. I need to empty myself of this. Well, you're never getting through that door. And I would empty myself. And just as we would come to the door, the angel would reach out and make that door, like reach over top of me and make that door open up so that we could start all over and I'd be filled up with this. And that went on and on and on until I was trained. And I think it's just wonderful that God makes sure we're trained before he gives us the task. You know, he gave you the task, go do this. And then he equips you, make sure you're trained, know how to do it. So then in all of the running, I'm sure the angel was directing what doors open. I end up at these elevators. And I beat the angel to the elevators. I couldn't open the elevator door because I didn't have any authority. I couldn't open up that door. And they, that's the way things are. You know, we, we don't have all authority. Jesus has all authority. And the angels that he's placed with us will only do what God has asked them to do. So we're not going to change their mind. And, and I didn't have authority to open up that elevator door, but the angel did. So angel opens up the door. We get in the elevator, and I'm so excited. I'm telling this angel, you know, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go tell the people. I'm a really good storyteller. I told them I, I'm gonna go tell the people what God gave me, and and I'm a really good storyteller. And and I told the angel that even my grandfather was a great storyteller, and I thought it was unique because I said my grandfather was, and the angel answered me and says, "Yes, your grandfather is." a great storyteller. And that's because my grandpa is in heaven and he, there's nothing was about him. <laughs> but 
so I was getting ready. I was telling, going to tell the angel. And now as I'm in this elevator and we're traveling to where I need to go and do what God has asked me to do, I got a little panicked, you know, like I said. So, so God doesn't do away with fear. Instead, he fills us up with trust so that fear has no place. So, so I'm like, oh man, I have to go tell what God asked me to tell. So I asked the angel, can I practice on you? And he said, yes. I said to him, <laughs> well, so I'm practicing now. On the day that you got saved, the angel said, I've always been saved. I said, look, I'm practicing, right? And he's like, yeah. I said, so, all right. On the day that you were saved, and I, I had this little thimble cup with me. I said, on the day that you were saved, you were given one of these. It was just a little thimble cup. And it's still, it has in there a drop of Jesus' blood for you. And if you will put your finger in the thimble and pull it out, it looked like a drop of water. But this, God gave us his blood. And you can take his blood and wipe it across the problem. And nothing is stronger than the blood of Jesus Christ. And so I put my finger in my thimble, wiped it across my chest, and I said, no matter what sickness or disease, this blood is stronger than this. And we need to tell the church. And he was like, yes. And then I wanted to know, um, are they going to believe me? You know, do you think that people are going to believe me? And he just kind of, the angel just kind of shrugged his shoulders. He was like, he didn't know. And, uh, you know, as, as we were getting ready to leave, I said, do you think, do you think that they're going to believe me? And the angel said, the Lord didn't ask you to for them to believe you. He only asked you to tell them, which was so true and so freeing because the, the people need, we need to understand the power of the blood of Christ. And when Jesus shed that blood for us and he purchased me with that blood, that I come under um, his kingdom, I come under his ways, and he didn't leave us orphans. He gave us the, the knowledge and the, and the authority of the blood of Christ. I needed to go and tell everyone about the power of the blood of Christ and, and whatever was making us fearful, and COVID was making us fearful. Go tell the church. COVID has got nothing on the blood of Christ. This whole pandemic has got nothing on the blood of our Savior. And there is no sickness. There's no cancer. There is no, there is no COVID. There is no, no, um, no disease that does not have to submit to our Jesus and to tell the church that why don't you use the blood of Christ? When did you forget that it's what he paid for, shedding every drop of his blood it, 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 it's still working today. The, the blood that Jesus shed saves people today. And as an evangelist, Jackie, I can tell you that the power of Jesus Christ and his shed blood saves people today. Mm-hmm. But the power of the shed blood of Jesus Christ heals people. It delivers people. It gives us, it gives us strength. It encourages our faith. It puts us on the right path to know where to find our God. And he's the only God 
who has ever done anything like this, purchased men for God, shedding every drop of his blood to do that. And I really felt that my my commission from the throne room was to run, to spend it all, to make sure that the church knows it's the blood of Christ that will cover COVID. It's the blood of Christ that will cover any mishap in all all problems. And, and the training to get me there was um, <laughs> the training really did change my life. What I think now about the training up there, remember to spend it all. If you don't, if you don't empty yourself of yourself, then you can't tap into the strength of Jesus because it's, you know, the scriptures teach that when we are weak, then he is strong. And don't worry what door doesn't open up. You know, that training was like, don't worry, run, run and have fun while you're doing it. And and it doesn't matter what somebody else thinks. You've been given this race. You've been commissioned to do this thing, and so that's what that's what I that's what I did. And and I want to remind people: we were all given that little cup, this little. Um, it's by faith, right? We were all given this little cup with a drop of blood in it, and it's you never use it up. It's always in there. You know, you touch it, and and um, you know it looks like water when I pulled it out. But whatever you put that on. That blood, that faith in the blood of Jesus Christ is unstoppable. There's our faith in the blood of Jesus Christ. And and um, I, I needed that reminder when I had that vision because I was worried about COVID. You know, I was really worried. And, and once the Holy Spirit showed me, why are you worried? You know, it's like, you trust Jesus? Come on, shake that off. You trust Jesus? And I was like, yeah, I trust Jesus. I know I know that he has good plans for me. Whether, whether you get sick, you get COVID, or you don't, my trust is in the man who purchased me. Hey Amen. That's so good. And um, we're running out of time, but Lori, can you just, uh, just pray whatever is on your heart for the listeners right now before we go? Oh, thank you, Jackie. Oh, Jesus, we love you, Father. Oh, we love you. Holy Spirit, we love you and thank you. We want to know more about your kingdom, God. So would you come and show each of us who you are? Jesus, I want to ask you that you give us a new hunger for the word of God because you're revealed so clearly in the word of God. Thank you. I want to ask you, God, would you would you awaken us and give us good gifts like the fear of the Lord? Would you help us, God, understand that we get to live this day knowing that you're watching us. We are all on a bridal march. And along the way, let's help everybody come to know you so that we can all spend eternity together. I just want to thank you, God. Thank you that you don't leave us alone. You left us with the Holy Spirit. They have plans and purposes for us, and you protect us, and you guide us. And I thank you, God, that the blood of Jesus, thank you, God, 
that that blood works today. And each of us, each of us have a symbol that we can use. We're yours. Keep us in that place, God. Oh, we love you. I pray for all my brothers and sisters that would love to have a vision of heaven, God. Just give it to them. I know you're not a respecter of persons, God, so just give them a vision of heaven so that they'll be strengthened until the day we stand before you. We love you, Lord, and we want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. I pray this in your name, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. And you've been listening to Messianic Vision with our guest, Laurie Ditto. And now here's Sid to tell you how you can get the special resource. Laurie Ditto has had so many powerful encounters with Jesus and with heaven. In her brand new book, Encountering Heaven, she shares 15 different encounters that she's had and the heavenly truth she's learned from them. These truths will immediately change your life, your perspective, and perhaps your destiny. In her book, Lori teaches you how to function in your heavenly identity, how to walk in favor, how to use the authority that God has given you, and the power of the blood of Jesus, plus so much more. Lori has also put together a brand new and exclusive three-part audio teaching series called Encountering Heaven Yourself. She will answer some of the most frequently asked questions about heaven, teach you how to hear from God and how to have your own encounters with God. Call now for Lori's brand new book, Encountering Heaven, and her brand new and exclusive three-part audio teaching series, Encountering Heaven Yourself. You will also get a free copy of Lori's book, The Hell Conspiracy, all for an investment of 35 U.S. dollars. Call 1-800-447-2697. That's 1-800-447-2697. Or go to our website at sidroth.org. That's S-I-D-R-O-T-H dot O-R-G. Be sure to ask for offer number 9750. Once again, that's offer number 9750.